with Frank Mymars in the pitch. Swung on and hit the right field. Lay back there. Lay back there. Oh, God! Parker Quinn! Parker Quinn! Oh, God! Scheffler gets away towards the dugout. Here comes Bianco! Tigers win! Tigers win! I don't envy LSU gymnastics coach Jay Clark at all. You couldn't ask for a tougher job than the one he faced this year. Not just replacing a legend in DD Bro, whose imprint on LSU's gymnastics program will continue long into the future, but also having to do so in the context of COVID, which threw everyone's plans through a complete loop and made things so much more difficult for every program, his absolutely included in that mix. But when you look back at the season that LSU Gymnastics had, I don't think that you could have prepared Jay Clark better for the future as LSU's Gymnastics head coach, because if he could navigate this season, there isn't any challenge ahead that he won't be able to to navigate. It was really great to sit down with him for a live podcast taping. I think this is the first live Tigers win we've done. If you don't know, we've done some live podcast tapings with some coaches from other sports uh, involving season ticket holders. If you're listening and you're a season ticket holder, please uh, check your emails. We, we, we send these out sporadically from time to time. It was a great conversation with Coach Clark and the fans who were able to join in. We were able to get some breaking news that unfortunately we had to hold on to Uh, By now, if you're an LSU gymnastics fan, you know that uh, all the seniors who uh, were eligible to come back, except for Olivia Gunner, are coming back. Um, So we talk about that at the end of the episode with Jay. One little technical note before we get into the interview. Um, First time this has ever happened, so I guess there's a first time for everything. But toward the end of the recording of the episode, my SD card on my uh, podcast recording equipment filled up. The audio cut out. I was able to uh, use some audio from the Zoom itself that we were conducting the interview on, and then I pulled out my phone at the very, very end and and got a little extra audio too. So you'll hear around the 22 to 24 minute mark, the audio quality drops off a little bit. Apologies for that. Um, Just not good technical planning on my site, on on my part, but uh, you live, you learn, and uh, and you get better. Uh, Without further ado, here is my conversation with LSU gymnastics coach, Jay Clark. All right, welcome everyone to a live edition of Tigers Win. Cody Worsham, joined by LSU Gymnastics coach Jay Clark. Welcome. Good to have you on. Thanks, man. Um, we'll start in the obvious place. You guys just finished up the season. Give us the the general season recap, um, which I guess you can't really give a general season recap based on the year that we've all just gone through, but gymnastics being no exception to the rule with COVID and the the way that the previous season shut down and then you getting to to make your LSU head coaching debut <laughs> in, uh, in, in not ideal circumstances. So when you look back at the whirlwind that was, uh, how do you assess the season that y'all just had? It was unusual. It was unusual uh, under any circumstances, um, just given the timing of, of Didi's retirement not happening until the 1st of August. Our team was coming back in two weeks, and then you throw into the, the mix that we were in the middle of a, a pandemic and trying to um, negotiate, navigate um, what the policies were going to be and what, what all the things we were going to be able to do and not do in terms of training. And um, the kids had had roughly five and a half months where they had been not able to get into their gyms and train. So there were a lot of challenges from the beginning and, and trying to hire, you know, getting, a, getting somebody hired in that 
uh, at that time of year um, would have presented a challenge had we not known that if this day ever came, uh, what we wanted to do. And so we were able to go get uh, Bugs, Ashley Nat to come back and, and do that. So it was, it was a season full of challenges, but it was a season of, of great accomplishments as well. I was really proud of the way the kids bought into everything we were asking them to do. They put their social lives on hold, behaved themselves for the most part, you know, did the things that, that we asked them to do in terms of their commitment level to the program. And, um, and while the, while the final event at the, on the final day didn't go the way exactly we would have planned or wanted to, uh, I think, uh, overall it was a great season for us. Uh, we already have a question. This one's from Bobby Matei. says, hey, Coach Jay, any seniors returning? How are you going to replace those seniors? Looking forward to another season. Recruits, question mark. So I guess just big picture yeah. roster management, it's, again, unusual circumstances um, because the extra year of eligibility and balancing that. So how are you all in the, in the roster building process? Well, the, the, good, the good news is, is that five of our six seniors are, are coming back wow. um, for, their, for their extra year. So we'll get to add them to the – or keep them, I should say, and then we'll be bringing in three, three other freshmen this year. Um, so it's from a talent perspective and a depth perspective, it's, it's, it's a good place to be in right now. Olivia Gunter um, is gainfully employed now and, and has graduated summa cum laude and has moved yes. on uh, to, to do her thing uh, in the real world. But the other five that, um, that were part of her class that were participating will all be back. So that's, um, that's a great thing. It also presents a challenge because sure. what we want to do is allow these kids, Kaya Johnson and Alona Shinakofa and, and Kai Rivers, who have, you know, they're now naturally juniors. We want to make sure that they're given uh, the leeway and, and are empowered to exert themselves in a leadership role, but also not squash the leadership that we've had in the past. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of a melding of the minds and making sure that um, that a little bit uh, is relinquished to some of those kids that have come up, uh, but at the same time rely on the seniors that are coming back for them to play their vital role. I, uh, I had a li- uh, breakfast with Olivia last week for the summa cum laude, and I don't know if you've, you've got the update. I'll ask you for the scoop. She didn't have her passport yet, and she was about to she head out of the country. Did she get her passport? She got her passport. All right. She, <laughs> she was able to do that. So uh, she's taking her, her trip to Mexico with her friends and, and going to have a little break before she starts working. Good. I told her I'd help her pull any strings that I could, but I don't have any connections at the yeah. State Department. So yeah. uh, I'm glad, glad, glad she got the trip in. So let, let's go class by class then and, and, and look at the roster. And let's start at the top. Um, with those 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 seniors who are coming back, and I don't even like. I guess we can go class by class. I don't even ha- know how to classify yeah. some of these. You know, yeah. juniors that are becoming seniors, seniors right. that are super seniors. But right. just with that eldest group, and um, maybe the decision making. Were any of them, le- you know, were, were any of them on the fence and had to be convinced to come back, or were they all just fired up to to get back and wanted to compete a little bit more? You know, I think I don't think any of them were. Uh, had to be convinced. I think from the beginning they were talking about wanting to come back, mm-hmm. dating all the way back to September when they found out and kind of processed the idea that they might get an extra year of eligibility. Um, you know, their bodies began to to talk to them a little bit later in the year. You know, you get a lot of, a lot of mileage on your tires at, at that stage of the game in our sport, and it's. Um, I think their bodies were a little sore and hurting as we went along. So that caused them to second guess. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think, you know, a little bit of bad taste left in their mouth with the way things went um, on the final day and uh, coupled that with um, some desires to go to grad school and do those those kinds of things. So there really wasn't a lot of 
coercion that had to go into yeah. it. I was perfectly willing to coerce them, but but, <laughs> but we didn't we didn't we have, have to, to go that card. way. No, so they'll all be back. I think their roles will be a little more specialized, maybe in some cases. Um, Reagan Campbell's back is is at a place where I don't know if it's in her best interest to do floor anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly she's a balance beam, amazing balance beam worker, one of the best in the country. For sure. Uh, balance beam is probably the place where they'll still have a, a, a bigger, big, big presence and impact. Christina Desiderio has been our lead off on that event for, for three years. And uh, so, you know, I can imagine that we'll try to face somebody else into that role, but we'll have the luxury of being able to move them in and out a little bit. Um, as we go and and they'll provide us with an awful lot of consistency particularly on that event um, but I, th- I see them all as one or two eventers still Sammy Durante still has visions of doing floor um, she's not done that in her career here but uh, was very close to doing that this year when we had some hardware taken out of her knee from a previous surgery and that mm-hmm. kind of slowed us down so it's possible we'll see more there but we're not going to take any undue risk with them yeah keep them in there in the role where they can help us the most and 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 go go forward from there We'll skip around just a little bit because we have a couple questions. Okay. And by the way, Bobby said I nailed the pronunciation of his last name, so I'm psyched about that. <laughs> um, this one is from Cedric Franklin in the chat. And by the way, for those who have hopped in later, you can ask questions on the chat or in the Q&A section. Um, Cedric Franklin asks, have you had a chance to spend time with the incoming class and your thoughts on what they will bring to the team? So we just talked about the vets. How about the incoming group of, of Tigers? Well, prior to COVID, I mean, when we went into this dead period where we were unable to go out and see our recruits and our commitments, so we, I haven't had a lot of contact with them recently other than video updates and things that they send me. Um, but one of them is Aaliyah Finnegan, who is Sarah Finnegan's little sister, who um, we're extremely excited about. She's training for – um, a shot at the Olympic Games right now, and and um, fully anticipate her making Olympic trials and and um, and uh, pursuing that wherever it it winds up for her. But either way, we expect her to be here in the fall. Um, Caitlin Johnson is another Texas Dreams um, gymnastics kid um, from the same gym as Kaya Johnson, uh, Reagan Campbell, uh, a little further back, Lamencia Hall. So we've had some great success with with kids coming out of that program. And then we finally got one from Twin City Twisters uh, up in Minnesota, who uh, Oklahoma had sort of a stranglehold on mm-hmm. that gym for a long time. So same gym as Maggie Nichols, who's been one of the, the big stars in our sport uh, recently from Oklahoma. Uh, Tori Tatum is her name. And so we're excited. They, they, really, they really can contribute on all four events. All of it will depend on how they show up and where they are physically, but um, their resumes say they can help us on everything. And that's where the addition of the five seniors that are returning kind of, it's going to be a lot of mouths to feed. And we're going to have to make sure that that we work hard to keep everybody happy and um, make sure that we make decisions based on real and tangible reasons, because we've got to make sure that they understand why we do things, not just that uh, we've decided to do them. I'll kind of lump in the the middle. I'll call them middle classers um, together. The the freshmen who will become sophomores, the the sophomores who will become juniors. Um, there's some big names there with Kaya Johnson and Haley Bryan, who who did some great things this year, and and Kaya the year before. Um, what, what's the next step in the development of of that group of gymnasts? I think just leadership, really. I think they they they're a quiet bunch by nature, and um, with the exception of Kai Rivers, and I think that she has the potential to be that sort of alpha dog that mm-hmm. maybe we needed this year that. Mm-hmm. Um, has a little edge to her, is not afraid to say what needs to be said. Um, her getting healthy and being able to contribute uh, the ways that uh, we know that she can will be give her that platform to do that. 
Um, I think we need to hear more from, from Kaya Johnson vocally. Um, she's an amazing leader in the way she goes about her business and the way she conducts herself in life and in the classroom and in the gym and in every way. I want to hear a little more of her. I want to hear a little more of her voice. And I, I think Alona Shenikova made huge strides this year in, in, in her contribution level at all levels. So, uh, you know, I feel like they're going to be um, challenged by, by us as a staff, but also by those fifth years. I want them to kind of let them take control of some of that, and that's where we that's where we need to see the biggest growth. A couple more questions here in the chat. One's from an anonymous attendee. Coach, thank you for taking time to meet with us. How excited are the athletes to have the PMAC almost back to its pre-pandemic form? And I would I would take the almost out. I think it'll be back as, as soon as we can get it rolling, not to put the, uh, the horse ahead of the cart here, but um, I, I was telling you before this, you know, my kids are obsessed with the gymnastics meet. We go to everyone at home. This year, we just weren't able to juggling everything. And, and I know that was the way for a lot of people in the limited capacity to get that thing back to, to full capacity. How exciting is that going to be? It's going to be key. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I'm glad to hear that everybody feels like that's what's going to happen because it's honestly, it's something that has been of great concern to me. I want to make sure that we get everybody back, that we get everybody off their couch and, and out from behind their TVs and, and get them comfortable with the idea of getting back into a, a public setting and, and feeling safe about doing that and getting in there and creating an atmosphere that's unlike any other in our sport. And it's something that has given us a tremendous advantage in years past that we really it's imperative that we get those those seven thousand season tickets and more mm -hmm. back. We want to we want to get in there and, and average twelve thousand again, and that's um, that's that's the goal. That's the intent, and I want to make sure that we interact with our fans and and give them the personal experience that we had come known for for having and and uh, enhance what we've been doing in the past. And and if they can get in there and do that, we're gonna we're gonna give them a product that they're gonna be proud of, and we're gonna go in there and win an awful lot. Bobby had a uh, follow-up question. My wife wants me to confirm Sarah, Sarah Edwards coming back, right? Indeed, she is. Um, so let's, let's look back at the end of the season and then to get to where you are now and then where you want to get in the fall. What's the process from your perspective as the head coach of the season ends, roster management, which we've talked about a little bit, but then starting to prepare for the fall when they're back right now i think all the basically everyone's gone home as yeah. far as i understand um this time of year what are you what are you really invested in this time of year well we just came off a three-day planning retreat with our staff um went over went over to uh my my in-laws have a beach house that we just went and kind of we worked from we were working by the way we weren't over there sitting sure. on the beach but um <laughs> just looked at the whole year comprehensively and this is the first time we as a staff yeah. we've been able to do that where we can take a look at the calendar what we want that to look like what we want our training regimen to look like we have a greater greater idea of what to expect from the kids physically because they're not going to have five and a half months off we've yep. been uh, we've been working really hard on revamping our conditioning program a little bit um, especially the summer and the fall portions of that, working with our strength coach and our, our athletic trainer and, and our coaching staff to get that done. Um, we've done everything now from a planning perspective we're going to do. I wanted them to take some time after this season because mentally it had been a hard year on them uh, – more more so than any other year and so normally we would want them to be you know getting back into the conditioning at this point and everything we're going to give them a little more time before we start um, jamming on them a little bit sure. and uh, we'll get we'll get the conditioning rolling here pretty quick and then we'll have have a lot of them back for summer school some of them will come back to work camp um, and we'll have voluntary practice because that's really all we can do during the summer but they'll know where where the expectations are for uh, August when we return and um 
You know, it's uh, it's exciting. We, you know, I get charged up when we do those staff retreats because you get you start to create a vision, and that's really what we did, weren't able to do uh, in the short window that we had, and with everything that was going on last year. Now we can kind of see where we want to go and and how to put those pieces of the puzzle together. Got another question here from Robert Gibson. I'm reading kind of small font here, so forgive me if I get it wrong. Uh, I was in Fort Worth. It was a great experience. Who, whose idea was it to do the routine of the gymnast uh, Shea Campbell? That rotated with the team. That's the UCLA gymnast. I do think that was awesome. Well, I, I think it's 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 kind of a tradition around here. Where, where whoever our individual with with us is, that's a difficult situation yeah, for that is. kid when their team doesn't advance, and particularly a program like UCLA, that's such a stor- storied program that you know in most years expects to be vying for a national championship. Um, they weren't able to, to get there this year. We just Some of our kids on our team knew her when she, they were in club gymnastics together, so there was a familiarity. And uh, they just embraced her. I don't think it was anybody's idea. I think it was spontaneous and, and genuine on our kids' part. Um, I know that the coaching staff from UCLA was really appreciative of how we kind of took her in and made her an honorary Tiger and gave her the stick crown and the mm-hmm. whole thing when she went through that. And um, it was a good time. I think – once you get to that level at the national championships, there's such a great respect between all these kids, and um, it just sort of happened. So you, you talked about a little bit the the leadership you want to see develop within the roster, and then maybe some of the mental edge as well. Um, how how do you go about approaching that? Because we can talk about conditioning and physical and all that stuff, but mentality is is as key as anything. Does that start now? Does that start in the fall when everyone's here? Does that start when some of them are here in summer school? How do you start? taking that next step collectively mentally as a team well it started it started almost immediately we wrapped up this the year with individual meetings with each one of them and and talked about um you know what we did well and what we didn't and where we need to improve and we're not going to knee-jerk react to 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 uh an outcome that happened in the, the final rotation when we were leading that meet virtually the entire way but we are we are going to take a look at what we do and how we prepare mentally, and, and I want them to understand that there will be some things differently. We're not going to repeat everything the same way and expect a different result. We're yep. going to get better. And um, so some of the things that, that we've talked to them about, some of the things they have even verbalized themselves just have to do with when we get into practice and creating a, a, a level of expectation on themselves and, a, and holding themselves accountable uh, to a higher degree of, of mental preparation, I think is going to be the key. It wasn't a physical thing at all. Uh, we were, we were physically prepared and, and I think the gymnastics that we did for the most part showed that, but I do think we were a little soft between the ears when, hmm. when pressure got to us. Um, we've got to, we've got to create a scenario where we prepare better for those moments because they do come and, and without, without making excuses, it's important to note that these now going to be super seniors. The last time they had been in an environment like that, they had Sarah Finnegan and Lexi Priestman and McKenna yep. Kelly and Kennedy Adney and Ruby Harold running point on on all of this, and they were playing very uh, lesser roles. And so um, it was a it was a different scenario for them. And I think they got hit with it uh, pretty hard, finishing on beam on the on the last event, and it got to them. That's our responsibility to make sure that doesn't happen. So we're gonna we'll change some things in the way we go about our things, not from a physical perspective but in the way that we, um, that we ramp things up in terms of expectation in the gym. Bobby has a, another question here. Jay, what did you say to Sammy when she had that fall that was a signature moment? The look in her eyes was priceless, like, I'm coming back look. Well, you know, when she had that fall, it was, uh, I mean, it was a fluke. I mean, the kid, her hands caught the bar and slipped off, and I, th- I do think it rattled 
particularly her classmates, Cage, mm-hmm. because Sammy has been the epitome of consistency yep. throughout her career. And um, she was shocked. We were all shocked. What I said to her is like, finish this routine strong. You know, it was just really, it was really about the moment. It wasn't about uh, anything beyond that. At the end of the meet, I'd, I went to her and just said, I want you to feel it. I don't want you to own it. And I said that to all mm. of them. I want them. I want them all to feel the, and and examine and and do some self reflection and look at look themselves in the mirror and understand that we've all got to do better collectively. That, those moments are going to happen for every team. It's what happens next that's most important. And the lesson we learned is that we didn't handle what happens next as well as we should have. So. Um, it was just to try to encourage her and make sure that she knew that that uh, that nobody nobody was placing any blame or finger pointing. It was just to encourage her and make sure that she didn't put it on her shoulders and and walk around with it. I think Gabe, who's sitting right over here, would smack me if I didn't ask you about it. But the home schedule for next year is unbelievable. Yeah, I was is. looking at the season ticket letter and just the names going down. I mean, you know, hopefully we get to the point where it's packed, and I, I believe we'll get there. But how how incredible is it to have that schedule and to hopefully be able to welcome back fans with that kind of lineup? Well, we feel I feel philosophically making our schedule. There's been some years in the past where we we had some some opponents in here that it, there was no mystery about what the outcome was going to be. Yep. Uh, but we're bringing Cal in here. Our non conference schedule. We're bringing Berkeley in here, who was at nationals this mm-hmm. year. We're bringing Utah in here, who finished third in the country. So I feel like we, from a philosophical perspective, we have an obligation to our fans. We've built this fan base up. I want to make sure that they get a good experience when they come to the PMAC, and and that it's not a snoozer. You know, I mean, we run the risk potentially of losing some of those competitions, but we also create an environment where you know you're going to see something exciting for our fans. Yep. And we're going to create growth for ourselves. If we do lose some of those meets, we'll be better for it. We're not going to be able to coast through a lot of these competitions. So every time you come in the PMAC, you're going to see an exciting meet. And it's uh, whether it's the SEC conference schedule or whether it's out of conference, we want to try to bring the top teams in here and give our fans what they want to see. Uh, we have another question from anonymous attendee. Uh, when is the schedule typically finalized in terms of dates and times? Uh, TV dictates a lot of that. Yeah. We have to wait. We have to wait till we get through basketball schedule getting getting finalized, and uh, usually by late August we we can we can nail that down. Um, we do have the dates. Everything's kind of set in stone there. There's the potential uh, for adding another local meet this year. Um, we're looking at the possibility of having a, a meet at the River Center. Uh, on a Sunday that would count as an away score for us on a podium. Um, so we're, we're investigating that. There's uh, somebody that hosts a meet there that is interested in, in hosting a, a collegiate uh, competition that would get us – so it would be a double weekend for us. We might have a Friday at home or away and then be at the River Center on a Sunday, um, which will be another opportunity for people who aren't necessarily season ticket holders to get, get out and see us in a different venue. You talked earlier about having more mouths to feed this year. What What is the comparison and what the roster size is going to be this year as opposed to previous years? Is it going to be significantly larger? Is it going to be two, three, yeah. four extra athletes? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're looking at 21 on our roster this year. It'll be the first time I've ever in 31 years had a team more than 19. So, um, you, you know, from a 
from a sheer roster size perspective, it it'll be it's going to be great. Look, I I want our rosters to grow in general. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been pushing for more scholarship opportunities in our sport for a long time. I think it it's time to happen. What's we the number right now? It's at twelve, yeah. and we haven't had an increase since nineteen ninety five. Wow. While other sports have gone gone on and had increases, and wow. and um, there's some with the viability of what we're doing and live television being what it's done and the interest level growing. I think it's time. At the last time we had an increase was nineteen ninety five. There was roughly a thousand kids at the junior Olympic level that were what you would consider the level of being recruited. We're now over four times that we, you know, and so, um, and we haven't seen an increase in that period of time. So I think the pool of talent has grown enough. The interest level has grown enough. Television's doing what they're doing. It's time for us to increase. So squad sizes need to go up. And I think that's good for everybody involved. Almost missed this question from Jack Welch. Does RQS go back to normal next year? Yeah, it'll go back. They call it NQS now. You're you're, you're dating yourself there a little bit, Jack. The the, <laughs> the RQS uh, it was was what we called it forever. Uh, it's now called NQS, a national qualifying score, uh, because we go into a tournament bracket rather than just qualifying to regionals. So, um, but yes, it will go back to normal. And this year, I think it 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 played a role in creating uh, a little bit of imbalance on, on each side of the bracket. I asked Coach Mulkey this question the other day when I was talking with her because she's she's won three national championships and she's coming back to LSU and kind of starting to build something. I asked her, what's, what's more difficult, the first step, getting it off the ground, or the last step to finish it? And then I asked Russell Brock the same question before they went to nationals. And he said this, they both had the same answer. It's that last step. And so I think I may be done asking that question in general because I think the answer is going to keep being the same. But what is it going to take to make that last step from your perspective um, to get from being there being in the mix, being in the arena, to be in the one hole trophy here? Well, you know, that's the, whatever the $100 million question, yeah. I guess. You know, all I can tell you is that uh, we will continue to examine every little thing we do. I've been a part of a program that won 10 total, and I was there for eight of them. And I can tell you that the last ones seemed easy. Uh, once we, once we, once you get that hump, and you, you have a culture where they understand how to do it and um, tell them how to do it is different than actually being able to get them over that hump. And, and you know, I think Michigan's a prime example this year. But Blocky's been there 33 years, I believe, and had some great teams over the years and finally got over the hump. And, and um, it's so much of it is about the culture of your team, so much of it is about chemistry, and those are those are coach kind of things that you hear an awful lot of and you can't really quantify. They're intangible. They're things that you can't, you know, get empirical data that says we have it or we don't have it. Um, but you know when you have it and you know when you don't. And you know to, to varying degrees what you have over over the course of time. I think our culture is healthy. I think it's been it's been that way for several years. And I think that's going to be our greatest asset as we try to get over that hump. Certainly we've got to do a better job of preparing mentally and we're going to do that. And um and then we'll see where it happens. You know what happens. So much of it is it comes down to in our sport on a given day. There is no defense. There is no uh, coming out with a great deal of emotion and being more prepared from an emotional standpoint. It has to do with being hot at the right time on the right day. It comes down to one day, and and um, we're going to get there. It's just a matter of time. We'll finish with these last two. They're both uh, similarly uh, asked. This first one's from Charlene Welch Lawson. Sorry, I had to lean in just to see the name there. And then the other one's from anonymous attendee again. They're both about construction of, of routines and Charlene specifically is will you reconstruct beam routines to be more consistent, less chances for balance checks and falls. And the, the, the next question was pretty similar about 
um, routine construction. Is there any thought to, you know, more safety, less, you know, higher, higher floor, lower ceiling type of approach or? I think with certain kids you do that, but if we saw, if we had seen things in training this year that indicated we were taking some sort of undue risk, we would have addressed it then. Um, so I, I don't anticipate any real categorical changes. There are things we can do with some of the younger ones um, that'll allow them to get more consistent more quickly. As far as the returning seniors go, they've been doing these routines for years. Yeah. And um, so it's it's really really not a question of, of that. I do generally like in spots on balance beam, I kind of like get on the beam simply get off the beam simply, do the meat of your routine in the, in the middle. Mm-hmm. I don't believe, I don't like big, difficult mounts and, and, and going crazy on dismounts um, just as a general rule. And I feel the same way about bars because every time you add more things to bars, you're, you're adding more places like a kip cast handstand that's um, just going to create a built-in deduction for you or something. So, um, but on floor, I think we'll keep doing the big difficulty. I think it's something that we probably didn't get rewarded for as much as I would have hoped this yeah. year. Um, we Every single kid we put on the floor opened with an E, finished with a D. Um, we saw routines at the national championships that were doing two passes. I don't know if people were more lenient on certain things because it was a COVID year and, and they just were, uh, you know, I don't know. But um, in, a, in a normal year, I would like to think that our tumbling would be uh, be rewarded more than it was this year. Last one from Jack Welch. Is Lee our only girl in Olympic tryout camp? Aaliyah, uh, yeah, she's she's probably Sorry, I can't read the small yeah, text. she's the she the other two um, the other two are at Jo Nationals right now. It's not called that anymore. USAG has changed the name, um, so they're they're level tens, uh, former elites that dropped back to level ten to finish out before they went to school. Aaliyah is a senior international United States elite team member, and um, so she's in the in the hunt for Olympic trials. She's got to qualify still. Uh, she'll go to championships of the USA uh, in June and uh, try to qualify to trials. All right. Thank you all uh, for, for coming and enjoying the live experience. Coach, thank you for your time. Pleasure talking to you. Great talking to you guys. Don't expect feedback. Bye.